Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is your host for Talk Architecture podcast, Nazyati Muhammad Yaqub. And I will be talking on the topic on sensory design. It is not well defined yet, and there have been a research exploration and innovation in this area that borders between neurology and architecture or design. And in particular, I would like to refer to a TED Talk video that is entitled Create New Senses for Humans Uh, by David Engelman, who is a neurologist. And in David Engelman said, as humans, we perceive less than a tenth trillionth of all light waves. Waves. Our experience of reality, uh, says neuroscientist David Engelman, is constrained by our biology. He wants to change that and his research into our brain processes has led him to create new interfaces such as sensory vests to take in previously unseen information about the world around us. In this TED talk, what I find is interesting is that it relates to what I'm trying to do with the Universal Design bus stop in questioning whether there is... One, whether there are any other sensory, um, sensorial experience that we could imagine um, where we design with our understanding and limitations of our understanding, obviously. Um, and we focus on a couple of uses and we didn't really focus on other uses and that could turn out differently the design of the bus stop or any other architecture could turn out differently if we focus on just uh, intellectually disabled person or mentally disabled person and so on, you see. So what is common is there is a push in um, accessibility, advocacy with regard to uh, the wheelchair users' needs for access and more and more, the standards and minimum compliance um, all over the world, uh, which is being done and reviewed, try to incorporate more and more people or different diverse disabilities to be included in the standards. It started with the wheelchair user, then you have the blind person and deaf person and, and so on. So... It is, that's the way it is, kind of like a linear way of thinking about things when we approach this subject, when as designers, we um, try to ask questions, we try to interview the users, and they, they ask these important questions that we need to design around with, design for. So um, it is a limitation. But, you know, then we have other um, considerations and design criteria that is being given to us, like um, it should be easy to maintain or it should be vandal proof or it should be um, 
it should be also doing other things that that maybe the client wants us want it to do but we're always concerned with uh, the issues of um the user but of course this led me to another question about aesthetics because aesthetic seems to be a very important part for the client and the client wants the bus stop to look good so there are all this expectations about the bus stop that couple with the universal design which uh, is a collaboration in order to produce something that everyone will be happy at the end at the deliverable or at the end product so when when uh one thing is a collaboration because it is a public facility and um the fact that we are being offered to think about how the design should be is a big plus already you know the uh, the city hall or the local authority or the agency could easily just want it to be done the way that they think it should be done so we came in and we can give our two cents worth of design criteria so it's not an easy task to do a collaboration obviously but in the um context or in light of innovation and um exploration i think the designer and as well as architects who are trained in design often think about the aesthetics in terms of form and in this case we put form aside but we should think about form in many ways one of them is the use of material that can help with the sensory design now we we'll talk about sensory design rather than universal design because you want to uh create bigger language or <coughs> uh do um uh create more design principles or criteria that could assist with expanding the uh universal design principles uh that is safe to say you know in the universal design principles before universal design we have barrier free design principles the basic issue of accessibility safety and usability and everybody could easily grasp that but it was more towards thinking about the wheelchair user and maybe the blind person and all that but as as we move forward then the blind person has more uh, regard when it comes to um designing um gadgets and uh devices uh such uh such as smartphones where there's a lot of accessibility features in them for example then we the use of uh, whatsapp and the use of uh, messaging is widely used between um non hearing and hearing people for example to communicate and um apart from gesturing and the use of sign language if you don't uh, use sign languages so you you fall back to using a um a smartphone and other and other than that um we're just feeling our way through yes we use feelings um and and then feelings is also to do with senses which is something that we don't really use in terms of the tactile and and the feel is our body so this is what david engelman did sorry david eagleman did with the the vest which has sensors and you can feed data into it 
and it can give you some, uh, information to the person who's wearing it. And he showed it in his video and TED Talk that there's a deaf person can actually hear through the vest when somebody speak a word. So obviously the deaf person has a command of, um, yeah, the deaf person has done sign languages before. And this is my speculation purely. Yeah, the deaf person knows how to do sign languages and the deaf person knows how to read and write and type and understanding of the words, the vocabulary in English. So when it was spoken, he could get a feel of it and he wrote it. Now, this is not mere speculation, but patterns. There's a sense that there is um, giving a sense of patterns that could people could, come, could ex get the feel of things. Now, I've always thought about this as well when I was trained under a master uh, trainer who is blind person since the age of, the age of uh, 12 uh, in the United Nations ISCAP uh, training. In the year 2000, I was kind of like fascinated the fact that he could command the class very well he could monitor and control very well, and he didn't even use a white cane. And I felt as if he has a pattern in his mind that he is he knows how to negotiate things. And patterns is something that uh, is, is what a consistent way of feedback loops, I think, in a way that... Um, we do go through our day-to-day -day activity with patterns of uh, daily living, for example. And, um, and I could say that uh, this is an important factor in, um, in us surviving in a way. So patterns need to be regarded much more seriously. Okay, so going back to the universal design bus stop, like materials that we're going to come up to create the aesthetics and the form. These materials usually that we think about are with our limited uh, way of designing and seeing things or perceiving things. We will put acrylic for the lighting and we would um, resolve with the posts, uh, columns, you know, uh, four of them. And then we would um, uh, do a seating like this. So we would do the board like that. Or we would take in the sensorial experience of the the road the beside there would be a road which is not really safe pedestrian and we could how to negotiate this transit um uh, transit point which is the bus stop uh, embarking and disembarking we've been very fundamental in the way we th see things but uh, but then there's always the issue of the cost of the bus and the way we we articulate the bus, the bus in terms of the aesthetics. Could there be more sensorial experience from touch, for example, or the patterns uh, that we could, um, we could, uh, like in David Eagleman, what he said was uh, sensory addition and sensory subst substitution. He deals with sensory substitution uh, in in with the vests that they design. Like I said earlier, uh, when somebody wears that vest, they will know um, the the feeling of what has been happening with information coming in, for example. So, yeah. So, um, so you know, 
why, how can we do this? I mean, how can we actually as architects and designers think about the material to be used or the aesthetics that could help with the sensory substitution or sensory addition? This is one area that um, definitely when we have communicate, there need to be information communicated to us when we arrive at this bus stop. Um, and for example, for the intellectually disabled person or the mentally disabled person, what could be a way to make a better bus stop design or transit points that they could negotiate it with much more ease, much more friendliness, much more calm or easier to negotiate? Is there something to do with the patterns and how uh, one uses the patterns and sensories um, that could help to negotiate the process of transiting and transportation? So we, uh, rightly so, I'm trying just to um, get excited about this because I think that this is open to um, investigation or a study or open to us experimenting with our material world. And I'm always thinking about cheaper material, material that you can be can be done cheaply in the sense that um, there are substitutes to the ones that we find we commonly find and and the one we commonly find some of the of them are useful and maybe we should maintain them but how we interact how we actually use the space and touch and feel and and move around is also important for us to consider when we use other materials or how we decide to use the materials that we decide. We haven't been thinking about that with our bus stop. So we we did leave it to the government agency to, to interpret the aesthetics for us. We didn't really consider that a lot. And this is, when this is in a, a situation that is a real situation with a bus stop outside of our campus, we can actually study this bus stop and through our observations, maybe we can find out more information and through the feedback that we will get from the users of this bus stop, we can get more information and that's very much a great thing to do. So this is just an interlude podcast for 15 minutes. Thank you for listening and please join us again for the next podcast.